In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in June of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard, and while we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha, everybody. Aloha, Donna. Aloha. How are you doing emotionally today? I'm okay. Um, I have a friend who's having a really, really hard time with some things, and so I'm worried about him. But other than that, I'm for me... I'm doing real well, and when somebody close to me has something like that going on, I feel guilty if I feel too good <laughs> because, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, here I am, la, 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 everything is wonderful, but for my friend, everything is not so wonderful, and so I try not to talk about how great the world is to that person because that may not be what they need to hear, you know. Oh, God, but doesn't everyone need to hear that someone with cancer and <laughs> you know, a, an expiration date feels great. Um, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Well, let me. Um, that may have been me. There we go. Okay. Okay. Little... My Facebook was on, and that was probably a notification. Oh, we didn't hear, it, so it's okay. Oh, okay, cool. Then, yeah. Do you think about not being able to be here for your friends? That's what I'm working on. Is I'm trying to make sure that I can be. Trying to make sure one one form or another, if they need me, I can be there. How are you doing that? Asking the universe to let it happen. Yeah. But that's that, that's all you can do, right? I mean, because I don't make the rules. I can't make any demands on that level. All I can do is ask. And I figure, you know, the asking itself may, may you know, the universe may listen. Uh, I don't think that we talked about this last time. Do we talk about crying for a vision? No. All right. In Black Elk Speaks, a book which really influenced me tremendously. Um, and I do know the pitfalls of the story. Black Elk Speaks was written from a story from Black Elk. It's a, it's a first person narrative that was transmitted from him to uh, a non-Indian, an, an Anglo poet um, through Black Elk's son. And through the poet's daughter so there's this transmission this weird sort of transmission by which the information goes so there are people that question whether it's truly a, a native american representation mm. but um from what i've seen responses from people that i know that are lakota there there are a few that that seem to think that it's actually okay so i'll, I'll i will stick with that part recognizing like i said the pitfalls because uh, one of the things Black Elk, when, when, when he, when he, when he, in that book, he never mentions the fact that he's a Catholic catechist, that he is uh, going to uh, Lakota people, going to his people, and um, bringing them the gospel, the, the, the Catholic version of, of Christianity. Um, so that's not, that's not in it at all. There's, there's nothing Christian that I can remember in the entire text. But I find that kind of wonderful, too, because the perspective of the text is so different. What it did for me is it gave me an outlook into a different world. Um, so one of the things that I got from it was when Black Elk, as a young man, he's trying to understand the visions that he had been given when he was a kid. He was sick to the point of death, and these visions came to him. 
of, of grandfathers. And these grandfathers told him things and made predictions and different animals appeared to him, the horse nation, the bison nation. Um, these animals were represented as intelligent, which I thought was really cool. But the big thing was that all of this occurs in the spirit world, which runs parallel with our world, but is basically accessible through hallucination. That if you push yourself to the point where you're no longer conscious of this world, you will go into another world. And what, what I, I suppose I should, should do a caveat, what in the West is called hallucination in this perspective is a gateway to the spirit world. Okay, so um, in it, um, Black Elk wants to access the spirit world once again, because there are things troubling him. So he cries for a vision. And what that means is he goes off by himself, completely by himself into the wilderness, where he can be attacked by animals, where he can be attacked by enemies. And he just cries, he just weeps constantly asking the his spirits asking the, the spirits of the world including his ancestors asking wakantanka the the with the with, uh, with the, the the great mystery is how that's translated to help him to take pity on him uh the the concept is this that if you go to a situation where you're completely vulnerable and you cry to the universe asking for help like a lost child that the universe will look at you and say, this, this pitiful creature, <laughs> this creature is so lost. Maybe I should do something to help him out, right? That, so so the, the universe will in turn help you. Um, and that's what, that's what happens. He has more visions that help him go through life, that, that guide him. Um, if, if I were to look at it from the perspective of how I understand it, is you would put yourself in a situation where you in our particular understanding of the world, you hallucinate. But from his perspective, you get that gateway to that next world. And um, that's what I feel like I'm doing. I feel like I'm in that position, um, especially when I go to sleep. My dreams are all so jumbled, which is a sign of the spirit world when anything can happen. Okay. When you can see a horse nation that uh, when I wake up, there's, and I recall the dreams there, there seemed to be something going on in them. And I can't quite figure it out yet. So I wish that I, I wish I came from a culture that had people that had specialists that could interpret what my dreams are doing and saying, okay, this is what's going on because black elk had that. If he had whatever visions he had, he could take them to his elders because that's what he did. And his elders could tell him, this is what's going on. This is what you need to do. We, we should create this ritual in response to what happened to you. So I don't, I don't have access to that. So I'm kind of winging it with what I've got and with what I know and this bank of knowledge that I have of other religions to try to compare what's happening, including what Black Elk uh, was, was talking about in his book. Do you write your dreams down when you wake up? No. To try to organize it? I, uh, because they're so fleeting. Yeah, that, that's why I'm asking. It's really easy to lose that, and um, uh, it seems that that's something that you could like look, search on Facebook, and find a group that interprets dreams. But I don't know how many of those would just be 
you know, people who think they know maybe with a sprinkling of people who actually do have uh, some idea of what's going on. And this is along the lines. Okay. Okay. My last dream that I had last night was I was hanging out with Rachel Maddow. Nice. And she wanted to date me. And I told her, Rachel, we can't date because I have cancer. So um, we were still hanging out and there were pterodactyls there that I was trying to use. to. to, to, I was grabbing a hold of the pterodactyls legs so they could fly and they could take me into the air. But they were too small, so it didn't really that didn't really work out. That that's what that dream was. So what does that mean? Uh, because I don't have a proper, you know, specialist. I'm not from a tradition that has that 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 can look at the cultural context that I come from and say this is what this means. No, that, that was a trash dream, or that was a good dream, or whatever. Right? That was a dream that's going to fool you. I, I don't have the means to do that, so I'm I'm letting them all go. How how do you feel in in real life? How do you feel about Rachel Maddow? Love her. How did you feel about her in the dream? Oh, she was hot. How did she feel in your dream? She wanted me. She was lusting. Yeah, she was lusting for me. She was was my Orville Peck. Go ahead. And you, but you wanted to get away from her. No, no. I I thought she was hot. Um, But I just thought this is not going to work out. I've got cancer. So the, but you're trying to grab the pterodactyl to take you away. Um, No, I just wanted to fly. It looked like it'd be a fun thing to do. I wasn't trying to get away from her. Okay. I, I, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to analyze your dream for you. Okay. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Cause I think, all right. I have heard that if you fly in your dreams, mm-hmm. the higher you can fly, the, the more enlightened at, at peace you are. So when we're, I've had those dreams where it's almost like my feet are dragging and I'm trying to get up. And I've also had those dreams when I'm way up there. So you are looking for support to take you uh, up. Um, You, Rachel, I mean, I think that Rachel, she, she does have a somewhat androgynous hotness about her, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but also she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so how awesome that in, I've also heard that in your dreams, you are everything in your dreams, everything that you dream is a representation of you somehow. I'm a hot Rachel Maddow. You're a hot and a pterodactyl and pterodactyls. You're a small pterodactyl. Maybe that was your calves. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. The pterodactyls were my calves because they're not going anywhere. They're They're not able to lift me off the ground. But maybe you have some frustration with she, she, you, who is Rachel Maddow, wanted a relationship that you don't feel that you can have at this point in your life. Could be. (laughs) I, uh, thanks for indulging me. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. If you could choose a way that when you cross over, if you wanted to let me and James and Susan know that you're here, and I'm, I know that you're very careful to not say, right. universe, I want you to do this, but if you could choose, what would be your signature that we would go, oh, that's Mickey? What, um, what would that be? Well, first of all, my dear friend, Noelle, I told her about this. She said, I don't want you bothering me all the time. 
So it's like, okay, you know, hands off. I'll only be there if you need me. I'll, 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 I will tread lightly. I'll, you know, if you, if you want me to go away, I will. Um, the, the way that, that I'm handling that is the spot where my ashes are going to be will be the spot where you can summon me. Uh. And there's a special ritual there that you can do. It involves making really loud noise. Okay. Com- well, I shouldn't say completely illegal. It is it's bordering on illegality. So I love that even more. Where it is? Yep. Okay. It's not illegal. Okay, so, so anyone listening who's from law enforcement, no, I'm not breaking the law. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I can't because I'll be dead. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. You won't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, um, do you feel like if I, um, uh, my mom, passed away back in the 80s if Mm -hmm. i think about her for no logical reason is that her trying to get a hold of me i do believe that's true i think that when 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 somebody comes unannounced into your head um that's them letting you a good chance that's a good chance that's them just because i've had experiences like that and it's and i'm it's frustrating because the moment where you really miss them and you wish they were there they are there but we're not trained to recognize that. So we get frustrated and they're probably on the other side saying, hey, look, look, I'm right here. What am I, chicken soup? And, and because we're taught that, no, that's not, that, that, that we'd be you know, uh, fooling ourselves, that, that we could be possibly cheating ourselves in the chance to be able to communicate with them. And the way I figure about that is, let's say that I'm completely wrong. Let's say that it's not them. But the, well, it's still nice to think about them. It's still nice to remember them. And what if I'm right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I'm 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 going with it. You have nothing to lose to think of that. Do you uh so your belief in tell me about your belief in ghosts? Um I've seen them. Um sometimes if you don't if I don't know who they are, they're scary. If I know who they are, then it's not they're not scary at all. You know, that movie Sixth Sense was really Mm -hmm. uh, for so many. I love that movie for so many reasons. But one of them is all the little boy had to do was change how he saw them, that they're actually asking him for help. Mm -hmm. And then they weren't so scary anymore. They were just people who needed some help. Yeah, probably were annoying at some point. So that's the one thing I want to make sure that I am not an annoying person on the other side. Uh, do you believe, do you believe there are malevolent, uh, malevolent spirits? I've de- seen them. Ghosts or demons. Look, okay, yeah. let's hear about that. Um, that what I think I mentioned this during the ritual that we were doing in Condomble, that the woman who was getting initiated with me got, got snagged by a spirit and the spirit was malevolent, but that doesn't mean that they're evil. It just means that they're lost. And so my father, the person who was doing the ritual, I call him my father, Julio Braga, the man who initiated me, the father of the house. Um, he was very polite and courteous to that spirit. And the, the spirit was like, blah, blah, blah. but he said, no, and he said, no, we will do a ritual for you. But right now we're doing something with these people. So we got, we got to ask you to leave. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and, and that taught me something that taught me, that the whole exorcist thing about demons and evil and power of Christ compels you and throw them out. That to me is so, it misses the point. 
if a spirit is there, it's probably because it needs help. And it doesn't, you know, you're not really doing anyone any good by treating that spirit as bad. You know, it can be harmful. So, you know, find some way of making sure that it doesn't do any harm. But, you know, be courteous nevertheless, because it, it, it's, still, it's still one of us. I've heard that when you, you have to be careful when you walk by cemeteries because spirits can attach themselves to you. Do you believe in anything like that? Um, if that is true, I, I'm most likely immune. I was told in Condomble that spirits can't really do too much to me that I have kind of a, um, I guess, um, uh, uh, an immunity to them. They, can, they, they really can't harm me. They can't get through to me while they can get through to other people. I'm not vulnerable that way. There, there's a plant that's associated with a certain God that can be very malevolent. And it causes people to have rashes. And uh, so uh, I was tested with that. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't anything serious. It was like, okay. If, if you if you have this kind of immunity, what will happen if we if we rub this plant on or we brush your skin with this plant? And they did. They brushed my skin with the plant, and I felt heat, but nothing bad happened. No 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 breakout. No no welts or anything. And the people around me said, "Oh yes, okay, you are. You do have a degree of uh, um, protection against uh, spirits that would try to harm me." Interesting. I uh, and what is what is hell? Hell? Um, I'm going to take what Meher Baba said about that. Meher Baba was uh, an Indian saint um, who came to the U.S. and started a resort, started an ashram, started a place of meditation in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I used to guard right next to it. Then people call it Baba Land. It's a beautiful stretch of beach with forest behind it, unspoiled forest. The condition was that that land that, that he chose had never seen slavery. So, uh, and that's, I, I do believe that still exists still today. It's, it's the, the people are really nice. Um, Meher Baba says that hell, and you, you get the same sort of thinking in India and in China and in South Asia, uh, Southeast Asia, that hell is what you get when you are relieved of your body, but you still have desires. So, you know, let, let's say that um, you are glutton and you eat a lot and, and you're, you're unhealthy about it and you are callous to other people. You will eat and you will leave them starving. That when you uh, die, you don't have your body anymore. So you cannot fulfill your uh, desires anymore. So you're constantly hungry. If you're sexually out of control that, you know, when you die, you still have all of those desires, but you can no longer fulfill them because you don't have a body to do it. All of those things. I suppose that my hell would be that I could not lift weights. So, <laughs> um, the, uh, But if you understand the nature of desires and you don't let them rule you, then you don't go into that particular kind of hell. There's uh, the understanding of hungry ghosts in China and in Buddhism. That's part of that. I think Taoism and Buddhism both share that. And that's basically a, a bodiless person that wishes they had a body, that wishes they could fulfill their desires. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be one of those. Because, yeah, I'm, I, am, I have all the lust that a man would have. 
but I'm humorous about them and I don't let them get in my way of the people I love or the courtesy that I show others. I, I don't wear my desires on my sleeve. I would imagine, I mean, you love lifting weights, but um, what is it that you love uh, about that? The vanity. What, what you do, what lifting the weights does for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And the camaraderie too, because I, yeah. I'm around all these other guys that are muscular, which to me is very pleasant uh, <laughs> for all kinds of reasons, including uh, erotic ones. But I don't eroticize them. I just think that they're really good looking guys and it's a pleasure to be around them. And I hope that they think the same of me and they typically do. So it's kind of a nice mutual admiration society. Doesn't go any further than that. And I, I find it awesome. So I have a feeling that you're going to be hanging out in gyms. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope to God not. <laughs> Dance floor, yes. You just said how much you love it. <laughs> oh, you mean like like when 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 I pass? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm what dance floor. Yes, gyms. No. Oh, okay. Same. Beautiful bodies in motion. Yep. Well, the music. I mean, yep. Yeah. So, what is heaven? Uh, we got two minutes. <laughs> the music. <laughs> ah. Okay. The the camaraderie. Uh, so what would what else would heaven be? Heaven would be. Um, when I realize my full potential of who I am beyond this identity as Mickey Weems, that would be heaven. You know, I used to say that I thought heaven would be having any, the answer to any question at your fingertips. And then we got Google. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, but beyond the answers is the understanding of the answers i that my idea of heaven is understanding and the contentment of understand that i guess would be understanding mm -hmm. okay we gotta go thank you so much it was nice talking with you mickey same here aloha aloha I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.